Hello there. Welcome and thank you for listening to the Joy Fountain podcast. It is my prayer that the message you're about to hear will in many ways than one feed your soul and strengthen your decision and resolve to follow Jesus. My name is Andaza Hezekiah, pastor at the Joy Fountain Church here in Winnipeg, Manitoba. May your joy be full today in Jesus' mighty name. Now let's dive into the Word. Well, this morning I want to talk on uh, blessing uh, number three. We've been talking about the blessing and we want to, I, I think a lot of times when people hear blessing, they say, okay, well, he's going to preach a prosperity message maybe. Well, <laughs> uh, the, the gospel is a gospel of prosperity, but what is prosperity? When people hear prosperity, they just think about money. No, that's not. <laughs> prosperity really means being in alignment with God because if we're not in alignment with God, we are outside the will of God. Uh, it's more than uh, gold and silver. It's more than uh, dollars and cents. It's, there's way much more when we talk about prosperity. And I pray that today, you will be blessed uh, from the word of God. So we started two weeks ago, two Sundays ago, looking at what uh, the blessing really is. And uh, we're going on today. And I would like us to go to Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, as we begin. Genesis 12, 3. So if you have a Bible, turn with me to Genesis 12, 3. I like people turning in their Bibles to uh, portions of scripture so we can read together. I think it's very, very important. Um, Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. And I, I want to say that whether we read from the Old Testament or the New Testament, the job of the scripture is to bring us closer to God through Jesus Christ. The job of the scripture, as we read it, the, what the scripture does is expose and expand the, the person of Jesus Christ. From Genesis to Revelation, all that the scripture does is Jesus Christ revealed. And may that be our portion today as we go on in Jesus' mighty name. All right, so in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, here's what we, we read. The Lord was speaking to Abraham and said, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. That is very key. That is very important as we study the following scriptures. It says the, uh, all the families of, on the earth will be blessed through you. Very key, very important. May the Lord bless us as we proceed in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we pray today that your word will become uh, clear to us. The, the, your word will revolutionize our souls, will cause us to be more hungry for you, will light us on fire and revive us, O oh God, for your own glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right. So, what is, so today we are talking about the blessing of Abraham. We've looked at the blessing for two Sundays now. We've talked about the blessing. We, we've also said that uh, in closing, one, or each, or each time we always said that uh, we are not to forget, we should remember that the blessing of God confronts, combats, and crushes every curse. The blessing of God confronts, combats, and crushes every, every curse. We also define the blessing as God uh, imputing a, a, a divine nature in a person. God imputing divine attributes in a person's life. And so basically, the blessing of God is God working in the life of a person, God visibly working in the life of a person. That is the blessing. That is the blessing, okay? Don't limit the blessing. Don't reduce the blessing by saying, oh, you know, I got a blessing of $1,000, you know? Okay, that's good, but that is not the blessing. That is a that, that could be, how would I say, a manifestation of God's blessing in your life. But people who are not blessed of God also can say, oh, yeah, I got $1,000 too. So there is way more than money and all of this talk when we talk about the blessing. Okay, so what is the blessing of Abraham? What does it mean? 
What is the blessing of Abraham? What does it mean? Why are we looking at the blessing today? Because living on this earth has its challenges. And without the blessing of God, we cannot succeed on the planet. Without the blessing of God, we cannot be whom God has called us to be. What is the blessing of Abraham? What does it mean? I want to start by saying that Jesus is the blessing of Abraham. When the Lord said, all the families on earth will be blessed through you. Thousands of years ago, when the Lord appeared to Abraham and gave him this promise, he says, I will bless you and those who bless, uh, I will bless those who bless you and I will uh, uh, curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. In other versions, in the King James, it says, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. God says it will be against those who are against you. That's what he said to Abraham. And I want you to understand that that is applicable to the believer today. I will trace that and see how that happens. The second thing, well, let's look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 14. When God told Abraham that, you know, I will bless those who bless you and I will, I will curse those who treat you with contempt. Uh, Paul, the apostle, when he was teaching, uh, after he became a Christian and he became a, a minister for God, and as he traveled around teaching, he wrote to the churches in Galatia. And that's why we have the epistle to the Galatians. Okay, he wrote to the churches in Galatia at the time. And this is what he said in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 14. He said, through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham. So that we who are believers might receive the promise, the promised Holy Spirit through faith. Look at that. He said, through Jesus Christ, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham. What is that blessing he promised to Abraham? When God says it through you, all the families of the earth, all the families of the world in every generation will be blessed. He's speaking of Jesus Christ. You want to know why? Go to Matthew chapter 1 and then you will see from Matthew chapter 1 as you go down, as you read from the beginning. Actually, the, from the beginning of Matthew chapter 1, it says, this is a record of the ancestors of Jesus, the Messiah, a descendant of David and of Abraham. Matthew chapter 1 opens the genealogy of Jesus, genealogy of Jesus, by mentioning the very first person in that genealogy, which is Abraham. Of course, it's traced also back to Adam in the book of Luke. Uh, you know, it's amazing. Many uh, Bible preachers and teachers have said that Jesus Christ is the second Adam. And if you actually read it in Romans, what God did was to create a perfect human being through a sinful body. All right. The seed was deposited in Mary and then uh, he was born of a virgin birth. Uh, Jesus's birth was a virgin birth. So Mary had no sexual relations with any man uh, for her to have a child. It was Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit in Mary so that God could raise up a new man who would face this uh, temptation just as Adam and Eve faced temptation in the, in the Garden of Eden and they fell. He faced temptation, if you remember, for 40 days and 40 nights, he was in the wilderness. The enemy came against him, but then he could not beat him down. And that's how Jesus Christ was able to come out and he lived a sinless life. And so we can look up to him. He went to the cross, he died, he took the penalty of sin so that anyone who believes in him can come under the blessing of Abraham. So when we say the blessing of Abraham, well, it's just it's just the blessing of, of God through Abraham for a generation. God came through a family with all the misfits, with all the terrible uh, history some of them had, with all the misbehaviors and misdemeanors.
you know, and some of them were righteous, some were unrighteous. Through that family, Jesus Christ came so that we, through Christ, may have a relationship with God, all right? So the blessing of God guarantees a relationship between humans and God so that when we pray, God shows up. That's why prayer is one of the most important things that a believer must be engaged in. It is the number one assignment of the believer. Before you even go and tell somebody else about Jesus, your life must be one soaked in prayer. Before you even do anything, prayer, you must start your day with prayer. You must close your day with prayer. D David said in Psalm 55 verse 17, he said, Evening, morning, and at noon I will pray, and I will cry aloud, and you will hear my voice. So prayer is a very, very important concept for the believer. Jesus said, my house shall be called what? A house of prayer. Remember, when he drove out the people who were trading in the temple, because they had turned a house of blessing, his own house. If Jesus is the blessing, if Jesus is the blessing of Abraham to all of mankind, and he said, my house, it means the house of my blessing. I am the blessing, and this is my house, which means that I'm supposed to be a blessing in this house. In this house, things are supposed to happen. Miracles are supposed to happen. But you guys are using my house for something else, and we are doing that today. Human beings are doing that today. When people gather in the name of Jesus, others are there trying to make business. Others are there trying to, you know, uh, you know, they are looking for something as they have, their motive is not to serve the Lord. It's not to worship him. Their, their motives are impure. And Jesus said, I don't want that. And that's what he did. The Bible says he, he had whips and he chased out those who are trading in the temple because the, the temple is not for trading. The temple is not a place where you try to make money. The temple is a place where you glorify the Lord. The temple is a place where you bring people's heart to focus on God so that they can receive the blessing of God through the temple of God, through the houses of God. Today, you see, when we go into a physical building, a place of worship, the, the, the church is not that building, but the gathering of the people in a place builds a spiritual house unto the Lord. Every time we gather, a spiritual house is being built. A spiritual Every time, a spiritual house is being put in effect. Hallelujah. So uh, Jesus set the example in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7 to 10. And I want to read that because if you don't remember anything I said today, this scripture is going to help you uh, to see how God is working in our lives and the dynamic of the blessing. I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7 to 10. Some people say, I don't know why things are not working out for me. I don't know why this Christianity thing is like, man, you know, it's, I don't know. I don't know. Does God really answer prayer? Does God? But let's go and see what Jesus himself did. So Jesus is the blessing. We have established that Jesus is the blessing. So let's see what the blessing himself did while he was upon the earth. Everybody that has Jesus in their life is blessed. You have the blessing. But what did the blessing do? And what are you doing? What did the blessing do? What am I doing? What, if, we can, if we can align ourselves with the blessing, then we will see God's blessing in our life come to fruition. All right, so let's look at Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7 to 10. The Bible says, while Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. 
So even Jesus Christ, who was the Son of God, fully man and fully God, Emmanuel, meaning God with us, the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father. That was what Isaiah described him as. And on the day of his, of his naming and presentation in the temple, those were the names that were presented. This Jesus Christ, the sinless Son of God, who walked upon the face of the earth. When you see Jesus, you see God. When the disciples asked him about the Father, he said, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. This Jesus, in his human form, set an example for us. Let me tell you why I'm saying this. I will come there in a bit. Let, let, actually, let me, let me finish this segment, and I will go to the next segment. He told his disciples to ask anything in his name. In John chapter 14, verse 4, he said, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. And John clarifies in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, that what he was saying is that if you ask anything in my name according to my will, John taught that in his own epistle. He said, in First John, he said, if you ask anything in his name according to, we know that if we ask anything in his name according to his will, he will do it. You see that? According to his will. He answers us when we ask according to his will. So we have to know what his will is. So we ask according to his will and he will hear us. He told them to ask. So that's the first thing. The second thing, he told his disciples that he will always be with them. Meaning that we would have the presence of God. What a blessing to have the presence of God with us always. Now, as a Christian, you have the presence of God guaranteed. But as a Christian, do you know the presence of God? Do you feel the presence of God? Do you enjoy the presence of God? Do you have a banter with the presence of God? Do you have conversations with the Spirit of God? This is the difference between us and those who do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. There must be a marked difference. If the difference is not marked, something is not working right and we have to realign. Very, very important. He said he told his disciples that he will always be with them. So we have seen the blessing. The blessing being Jesus Christ. The blessing of Abraham was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Through the lineage, the blessing came for you and me. And the blessing said, I will never leave you or forsake you. The blessing also said, ask me whatever you desire and I will do it according to his will. Now let's go to see what happened in the life of somebody in the Old Testament. His name was Jabez. In 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 to 10, 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 to 10. If you have a Bible and you want to uh, read with me, please uh, go ahead. I really, uh, I would appreciate it. 1 Chronicles, not Corinthians. Some people confuse that. 1 Chronicles chapter 4, okay, verse 9 to 10. 1 Chronicles chapter 4 and verse 9 to 10. This is what it says. There was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel. Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do. And keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted his request. So this Jabez was a descendant of Abraham too. If you look at First uh, Chronicles chapter 4 from verse 1, it says the descendants of Judah were Perez, Her Ezron, Carmi. So it was talking about certain descendants from Abraham of which Judah was one of the uh, descendants of Abraham. So it, it's continuing down. But then we get to Jabez. The Bible doesn't really tell us who was his father, who was his mother, what lineage he was. He really, we didn't see that. All we saw there was that uh, he was, you know, there was a man named Jabez. That's all we saw. There was a man named Jabez 
who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. And so she named him, you know, after pain. And so we've heard messages about this so many times. I'm sure if you've been in church for a while, you must have come across this story, the story of Jabez. But friends, I want to say something here that is very key and very important. Jabez had four things that were, that, that were happening in his life. He didn't feel that he was blessed of God, knowing that he was a descendant of Abraham. His mother had named, given him a name that basically followed him. All right? Okay. He also realized that he needed to expand. He felt limited. And others around him were expanding their territory, but it, things didn't seem to gel for him. And he could always connect it back to the fact that his name meant pain. Okay? Also, he says, please be with me in all that I do. He felt that God was not with him in all that he would do. I've had people say that. It's like, anytime I do anything, I don't really think that God is, you know, he doesn't, I don't, I don't feel that. I don't see it. All right. And, and he also said, keep me from all trouble and pain. I think he had had enough. And he said, you know, God, <laughs> mine is unusual. Are you like Jabez today? Do you feel that there's an unusual amount of difficulty that you have to wrestle with? Do you feel that there's an amount, uh, uh, an unusual amount of pain that surrounds your own life? If you are that person, if you actually identify with that, what I'm saying, perhaps you are a candidate today for the blessing. Because Jabez knew that he was part of the lineage of Abraham. Even though we couldn't say exactly who his father was. Was he Judah? Was he one of the other ones? We just, yeah, it, when it comes to his own place at, in verse 9 to 10, we are not told exactly who was his direct father. So he was just one of the many people. I want to make a point here. There were many other people like Jabez whose mother may have named them. Look, if you go all the way back to Genesis, you would see, I think it was in Genesis 35, when uh, Jacob's wife, Rachel, was to had a, the, the second child. The first one was Joseph. The second one was Benjamin. Immediately he was born. You know, her labor was so hard and she was dying. Before she died, because of the pain of the labor that she went through, the Bible says she had hard labor. She, as the child was coming out, she said, I want his name to be Benoni. Benoni means uh, the child of my sorrow. Immediately Jacob heard from his wife's mouth as she was dying, giving up her last breath, that she named the child Benoni. Jacob quickly named the child Benjamin. Well, we call Benjamin with our, you know, in English, but actually it's Benjamin, meaning, uh, you know, the son of my right hand. Can you see the play there? Immediately Jacob heard, he said, ah, 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 this name will not follow. Uh, Benoni is not the name. The name we are going to call him is Benjamin. And Benjamin followed. If you go to Genesis chapter 49, you will see that Gen Benjamin was now blessed specifically by his father, Jacob. The way he was blessed, it was amazing. You know, he said, he, you will be like a ravenous wolf uh, destroying your enemies. It had to do with the enemies that will come against him in the future. Jacob was speaking into the future with regard to the life of Benjamin, the tribe of Benjamin. So, friends, it is important for us to understand these things because there is a blessing and we can access the blessing. Jabez realized, 
I have, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm from, uh, maybe nobody knows my name. I'm not a king. I'm not anybody, you know, like, but, uh, you know, I, I'm not, I've not ascended to be the managing director of some company. I don't have a lot of money in the bank. Um, but I know that this, my poverty is not normal. This limitation is not normal. Come on. I can have a better life than this. Why is it my own case different? Why is it that my own situation is different? You can be a young person. You may be a student. You may be, I don't, you may be even above the age of 70 and you are listening to me today. All is not lost. All hope is not lost. Like Jabez. The Bible said Jabez cried to God for four things. He said, I want you to bless me. Hallelujah. He said, I want you to uh, uh, expand my territory. No more limitation. He said, I want you to be with me in all that I do. And I want you to keep me from all trouble and pain. God, my cup of trouble is full. My cup of pain is full. My cup of difficulty is full. Now you may say, but you know, pastor, you are talking about this. I don't know. I've prayed before. I've asked people to pray for me. Hands have been laid upon me. You know, the hands have been laid upon me. My hairs are falling off out of hands of uh, being laid. But today is a day of revelation. You see, you need a revelation from God in order to bring a revolution in your life. The revelation of God brings rev revolution. Hallelujah. But you have to receive it and you have to accept it and you have to apply it and then there will be a revolution. Let's, let's, let's look at uh, what, what, what we're saying here. You see, it is important for you to understand that the Lord heard him as the Lord will hear you. Look at what it says. It says in, in verse 10, he said, and God granted him his request. God granted him these four things. The blessing of the Lord came upon him and his life was transformed. Friends, with Jesus in the story, your story will change. You see, I didn't say with Jesus in your story. I said with Jesus in the story. Why? Because many people have story of pain. <laughs> many people have story of uh, trouble. Many people have story of limitation. They can't expand their territory. Many people have story of poverty where they, they can't understand. It seems like they're fighting certain kinds of cobwebs in their life. They're never able to make a headway in relationships, make, make a headway in marriage, make a headway in business, make a headway. They just don't understand. They've learned all they need to learn. They have a degree. They have a diploma. But something seems to be in their way. They do everything they can do. They make the same effort somebody else makes. They cannot understand what is going on. There are many of those stories. That's why I said when, when Jesus is in the story, your story. Why? Because that is the story that is hanging upon the lives of many people, just like it was hanging upon the life of Jabez. But look at what it says in Jabez, about Jabez in verse 10. The Bible says, he was the one. There it has to be the one. Who will change the story? When that person changes the story because they call upon Jesus, then it becomes your story. Hallelujah. The story is pain. The story is difficulty. The story is barrier. The story is limitation. The story is a bottomless pit. But when Jesus is in the story, it changes and it becomes your story. Your story begins to shine. Your story becomes a reference point because the Lord Jesus has come in. Look, in Colossians chapter 1 verse 18, in the end KJV. It says that he, Christ, might have the preeminence in all things. What does that mean? That he would be the beginning of all things. That he would be the one in advance before you even show up. That he would be the one that is behind you before you even show up. Why? Because he, Christ, must have the preeminence in all things. I want to close by asking this question. Who can access the blessing? 
Who can access the blessing? Is it for some special people? No. The Bible says everyone who calls on the name of Jesus for salvation have equal access. John chapter 1 verse 12 says, To as many as received him, to them he gave the right. To them he gave the power. To them he gave the position. To them he gave the authority to become the children of God. To become the sons of God. In God's eyes, he doesn't see you as a woman. He doesn't see you as a man. He sees you as a spiritual entity. Hallelujah. And the grace of God is mighty upon you. Yes, he does see you as a daughter. He does see you as a son on the human level. But on the spirit realm, you are capable of accomplishing anything. The Bible says in the, in the book of Hebrews that women brought their dead to life. So don't say you are a woman. You know, some organizations don't allow women to teach. They don't allow them to preach. They don't allow them to, 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 to do anything because the women are supposed to be in the back. No, Jesus, the Bible says that my spirit will come upon my sons and my daughters. The, the spirit will come upon you all. Uh, on the day uh, Jesus left, the Bible says that they gathered in one place. They were waiting for the promised Holy Spirit. And the Bible actually says, if you go to Acts chapter 1, uh, verse 14, it says, and the women also were there. There's a reason why the Holy Spirit is there. And the women also were there. Then when the Holy Spirit came, there were 120 people. It fell upon them, and there were cloven tongues of fire. The women were there. Hallelujah. And that's why you see God using women in such an amazing way today, because there is no curse upon the female. There's no curse upon the male. Why? The blessing will confront, will combat, and will crush the curse in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Friends, anyone can change their story when Jesus enters the story. Anyone can change their story when Jesus enters the story, because the story is common. The story of pain is common. The story of trip-ups is common. The story of ditches is common. The story of accidents in life is common. The story of illness is common. The story of, uh, of poverty is common. In fact, the story of people having darkness surrounding them and it doesn't seem like there's any light at the end of the tunnel is so common. And that's why I said it is the story. But when Jesus comes into the story, your story becomes your story. Your story changes from the story to your story. You now have a testimony, and your testimony becomes a testament because people see you as a reference point. I remember when we got to Canada in 2005, 15 years ago, I didn't know how to start a church. I didn't know exactly what to do. The culture was different, and the Lord has said you will reach people of different cultures and ethnicities. If you look at our church today, exactly what the Lord has said is, has happened. We have people from different backgrounds, different cultures. And the Lord made it clear. I had an opportunity. My wife is here. She can testify. I had an opportunity. We had been offered a job in Saskatchewan by a, by a, a, a denomination. A friend of mine, kind friend, took me to an office and said, this man is a pastor. I can vouch for him. They knew this gentleman very well. They really respected him. And they asked me to fill some forms. I filled all the forms. I did everything that I was supposed to do. I was feeling, oh, and they said, you know, the salary is so much. And when I looked at the salary, I said to my wife, my goodness, after taxes, this is what we have left. They even said there's a building there's, that is for the pastor attached to the church. So you don't have a problem. You are not necessarily on the same uh, property. So you don't have to rent a place. That's where you would live. If you are ready, you can move to Saskatchewan. This was in October of 2005. And I remember then. I went back home in the house, we had, the town home we had rented. And we prayed that day. We, I, I, through the night, I tossed about it. By the following day, it was clear. And the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. 
and said, what I told you is what you have to do. And I was so scared of starting. I didn't, I said, who is going to come? I had left the denomination I was part of. I was to start completely from nothing. There was nobody giving us money. There was no organization to go to and say, hey, help us. We are planting a church. I felt the Lord saying to me consistently, you are to uh, uh, go on this path. And, and even people said, you're starting a church in your home. Well, why do we need more churches? <laughs> I had no answer. I just knew I had to obey. Eventually, you know, I was hiding out in a church thinking that, well, you know, if I'm just here, I, you know, no. and, and one day my wife nudged me. I said, when are we going to, when are you going to start what God has, has told you to do? When she's not afraid and I'm afraid, I knew that was a thing. I had to step out. You know, friends, when I, I remember stepping out by faith and the, the beauty of stepping out is be, you become free. You become free of fear. Once I, uh, once it was 10 o'clock and we're in the house, you know, <laughs> I look out the window. I know that the people who are going to come, once they arrive, okay, that's all. The, the church is finished. Once we're about seven, uh, how many were we? Okay, my family was five. There was another family of about uh, three, four, five, six kids. So once they, six, sorry, six people in their family. So once they come in, we close the door. That's it. We have church. And then we, you know, and, and, and before you know what's happening, we prayed. We believe the Lord. We ask for the blessing of the Lord on the work. You know, when you start something from really nothing, you remember the Bible verse that says, our God can call those things that be not as though they were. He's an expert at putting his hand outside, like I always say, reaching out for nothing. Then he finds nothing and he pulls nothing into himself. When God brings nothing to himself, Nothing must become something because you cannot experience the energy, the power, the glory, the miraculous ability of the self-existing God and not create something. And friends, today I look back and I say, God, I thank you. There are, you know, some people may say, well, you know what, what, what? But I thank God because I know from where we have come. The blessing is able to take you from zero to 100. The blessing is able to bless you. And like I said, confront every curse. Crush it. Hallelujah. Friends, the name of the Lord is to be glorified. Are you listening to me today? You say, well, I don't know this Jesus you are talking about. Or you just happened on the internet, on Facebook or YouTube. And you found this message. It's for you. The blessing of Abraham is Jesus Christ. God told him. Through you, I will bless all the families of the earth. When Jesus came, you see that lineage in Matthew chapter 1. And then I talked about Jabez in the Old Testament. How he cried to God because of his limitation. Did you hear me today? I feel there's a young man here right now. You heard me talking about limitation. And you said, that is me. Let me tell you what you have to do. You have to do exactly what Jesus did. And we saw that in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7 to 10. Write that down, Hebrews 5, 7 to 10. He went and he cried out to God alone. Every Christian has their day of crying out to God alone for their need, for the thing that hurts them the most, for the thing they know that no one can deliver them from if God does not step in. There is that day when you will cry out to God. That is your experience. That's why the Bible calls God the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham had his encounter. Jacob had his encounter. Isaac had his encounter. I've told my children. I've had encounters with God. I'm still having encounters. You will each need your own personal encounter with God. Even if you don't ask for it, it will come. A day will come in the life of every believer where the only person that can set you free or deliver you or push you forward to the next level will be God. And you know the interesting thing? There are many of those encounters. And those encounters are blessing encounters. 
When the God of Abraham steps into your situation, the blessing becomes very real to you. That not by power, nor by might, but my, by my spirit, says the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for your word today. I thank you for your truth. I thank you for the power of your word. Let your name be glorified today. Everyone here today who says, I don't know Jesus, I need a relationship with you, touch their hearts. Are you that person online watching me today and say, oh, I've been so fired up by what I heard. I've been so convicted. I need Jesus in my life. You start by saying, Lord Jesus, forgive me my sin. Have mercy upon me. I repent of my sin. Write my name in the book of life. I believe you died and rose again for me. And then you begin a walk with God today. See, that's, it's that simple. It's that simple. If you pray a prayer like that, or you'd like to reach us, uh, contact us for any reason, just go to our website, joyfoundchurch.com, and send us a contact request. We'll be in touch with you. We want to support you. We want to bless you. We'll have a gift for you to us. We'll send it out to you. But just contact us, and we'll love to pray with you. God bless you. In Jesus' mighty name. Well, that's all for now. Thank you for listening. Were you blessed by the message? Do you have any questions? Did you make a commitment to follow Jesus as Lord? Please let us know. You can contact us by sending us a message on our contact page at joyfountainchurch.com. Have a blessed day.